This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So family, tonight I am looking to, to close out my portion on the, the Sermon on the Mount here that we've been teaching on now. I'm not going to rush it, so if I end up having to go next week, then so be it. But this is just so good. We have to take our time. And I hope you guys have really been enjoying all of these teachings. I mean, Minister Martin just really set it up. And then Minister, Minister Stinson, I mean, she she set it up. I told, I told her, you just really just gave it. She made it easy. You know, she really just gave the alley-oop. You know what I mean? Because all of these things are just working hand in hand. And, and like we've been saying before, it's, it's so good to just be reminded of these things. Because now that we've come back to these things, God said, well, have you grown? Because I have something different for you. There's more that's required of you. The righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. And I'm just so blessed to, to be in this place, to be a part of this ministry where God is, God is moving. And His Word goes forth. There's no, no gimmicks, no tricks, no, not, not, not nothing what I'm looking for, but it's what God wants me to have. And that's why I'm so grateful. I've, been, I've just been getting ministered to so much in this time. And so let's go ahead and get started tonight. I'm not going to do much review on, you know, I, I did Blessed Are the Merciful, but I am going to, I'm going to start probably from uh, the pure in heart, and then we're going to get to the peacemakers today. And again, like I said, if we don't finish it, it'll be all right. We will, we will get to it. But before we get there, I, I still want to talk about, even with the song that's just going forth, who Jesus is. Because I have to always remember that, you know, bring that to your remembrance. Who Jesus is. Who is this one saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand? And just like the song we heard, it's, this is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And, and, and one thing that we have to remember about the peace that he's brought us with God is he's brought us peace forever. It's, it's not momentary peace. That's what makes him the prince of peace. He has brought us peace for eternity. He's the king of peace. Now, now for me, when I see the when I hear from the king of peace, the one who who's brought in peace for eternity, then I want to know what I what must I do to get there? You know, the the one who willingly laid down his life for us. That's who he is. Full of mercy. Knowing what we deserved. You know, even, even me growing up in the church, looking back over my life, and the things that I've done that were outside of God's will, knowing what I deserved. And from the foundations of the world, His mercy, His kindness, His compassion, His justice sent forgiveness for us. Because He knew because of sin, there's a payment needed. But he came for the one. The only one that can make the payment. The only one that can approach God for us and receive mercy instead of judgment. All we have to do is be in him. Our salvation. That's who Jesus is. The captain of our salvation. The one who has brought us up. Who's who's taken us out of the kingdom of darkness. into his marvelous light. That's who he is. And that's what, he doesn't stop. That's, see, that, that's the attitude we should have, the one of our Savior. He doesn't stop after he, after he died and rose up. He went up to another, listen, there's another assignment I have. You know why? Because he came to redeem man. That's what he came to do. You know, the heart, the, the just heart, the righteous one, he came to redeem you. So now we have a mediator. One who sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercessions on our behalf. Listen, ever cleansing us by His blood, washing us by His word. That's what I said. That's why I said earlier, he's, he's, He has saved this sin sick soul with His word. This is all his plan. This is who he is. See, that's what, that's what, that's what, 
That's what these people had to get an understanding of in Matthew 5. This wasn't just some regular man walking around the earth. This was the Savior of man. This was the righteous one. This was, this is the King of Peace. That's how he established his kingdom, by peace. And what did we say peace was again? We have to review. It is repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And such a merciful Savior. He says it's at hand, but let me tell you, this is what, if you're in right relationship with God, this is what your walk should look like. This is what it should look like. That's, that's, that's what he's saying in Matthew 5. See, the, uh, let me tell you, that's what Jesus and all of them, you don't have to ask, well, what was Jesus talking about here? Listen, every time he was talking, he was talking about saving souls. <laughs> he was talking about the believer, how to save your sin-sick soul. Everyone, it's instruction on how to do that. Brought us peace forever with God. Through His righteousness. So that's who's talking here. The merciful, compassionate, the, the righteous one, the King of Peace. He's talking. And when He opened up His mouth, everybody was listening. And what did He say? He said, blessed. And I have to go over what blessed is again. Because again, many people, many people think blessed is, you know, it's not a condition. It's not a state of the believer. It's what the believer gets. Uh, well, you, can, you don't even have to be, be a believer to hear that. If, you, if somebody from the outside looking in and they see you have stuff, they'll be like, oh, they're blessed. They're blessed. This is not what, this is not what he's talking about here. He's not a man. He, God is not a man. So when he's, when God has blessed you, it's something different. Yeah, how do y'all say it? It hit different. <laughs> it's totally different than what this world blesses you with. Or whatever you call a blessing. It's a condition that he has brought us to. Well off on the highest level. A condition of peace. Satisfied made whole or complete in Him. And we're satisfied, why? Because we are indwelt by the very Spirit of God. That is the blessed that He's brought to us. That's why, you know, still thinking about this back then, He's saying blessed right there in that dispensation of time, but He was talking to us. You are blessed. You are complete. You are satisfied. Because His very Spirit lives within you. So you can walk in his peace. Because it's, that's, the, that's the thing about peace. We're going to be talking about peacemakers tonight, and I'm not trying to jump the gun, but peace is something that was given to you. Yes, the peace, peace with God was given to you by Christ, along with the peace of God that comes with it, and the Holy Spirit. See, peace is a fruit of the Spirit. This is not something you can come up with on your own. See, that's what I'm saying. You can't compare your, your, your temporary peace. Remember, he's brought us peace forever. You can't compare your temporary peace or what the world says. You know, uh, you know I, I have peace in my life. I have no problems. I have no... That's not the truth. Everybody goes through stuff. Everybody has problems. Everybody has trials and tests. But not everybody has peace. In the midst of those. Uh, let, me, let me make it easier. Not everybody has God. But Jesus has brought you peace with God and the peace of God. That's what blessed is. And again, this, is not, this, doesn't, mean, this doesn't mean that we're on the same level of God. It means that because of Jesus, we share in his goodness. We share in his likeness. Blessed are the peacemakers because you know, they are the children of God. We become his children. People see you and be like, oh, your daddy is, is, is God. Because there's no other peace that you're going to receive from anybody else that is not God that's like that. You know, the peace that passes all understanding. You know, because you're going, you know, I think of Job and all the stuff that he went through, but he was, he was, he had peace with God. He had it made up in his, in his mind. 
that I've been blessed. See, that's, that's what I want you to get in your mind when we talk about this word blessed. No matter the state or condition of your flesh and the things that you go through on this earth, He's blessed you. If you have, if you have faith in Christ, if you are indwelt by His Spirit, then you're blessed. Only thing you have to do is not give up. Don't give all the work he'll do for you if you just don't give up. Because you're blessed, indwelt by his spirit that will lead you and guide you. That's what makes us satisfied. So we're going to go ahead and start off here. In Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to go ahead and, and, and let me actually reiterate the, the importance and objectives of this teaching. It's to show the believer who they are and how to progress in Christ. Really simple. Show the believer who they are and how to progress in Christ. So again, I started off with, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And again, we have to remember, we have to remember the mercy shown us. You have to have, allow that to be the, the spark for the reason that you show mercy. And not only that, but you will need mercies. You have to look forward to new mercies. So you need to be the same type of merciful. Why? Because our God is that type of merciful. That's who we're showing. The blessed are showing them who our Father is. But I'm not going to linger on merciful. If you haven't been here for merciful, go back and listen to the, to the, to the recordings again. But mercy, it, it's all wrapped up in God's forgiveness. Because he's a merciful God and because he sent his forgiveness from the foundation of the world, you can see his heart. There's no limits on his mercy and his forgiveness. And for us to be like that, we have to put off the old man and the old way of doing things. You know, like, we, like we read in Ephesians, you know, the, the, the malice, the anger, the, the clamor, the evil speaking. Those things, we have to put them off. It's an everyday challenge, but we have to operate out of mercy. It has to be our move. I, I remember we went to Jamaica, uh, I guess it was last year now, and the guy said, we always say, what's your movement? What's your movement, man? That means, how are you going to proceed? Well, our movement has to be mercy. That's how we proceed. Because I'm telling you, there's plenty of... There's going to be plenty of situations, plenty of people, plenty of things, plenty of tests where your mercifulness, your kindness, your forgiveness is going to be tested. Every day. It's not like, oh, i got to wait for this to happen. Trust me, it's going to happen. It will be tested. And these things you better keep in your mind before you make your hearty judgments against people. They don't deserve my mercy. They don't deserve my forgiveness. They know what they've been caught up in. Yeah, but what were you caught up in? Did you deserve God's mercy? You know, the one who brought you peace forever. Did you deserve that? I'm sorry, and I, told, I wasn't even supposed to stop on merciful. But, but I have to. These are things that have to be said again. We talk about how merciful we are, but we have trouble just loving. Listen, we have trouble, we have trouble loving people in the same body as us. The local, local body that we're in. We have trouble just sitting with them. They're not lovely to me. Yeah, but are you? See, that all of these Beatitudes, if you had noticed, they're for you to examine you, not for you to examine somebody else. Have they been merciful to me? That's not what the intent was for. Are you blessed? And, and that leads right into the next, the next point, cause, because... For somebody to hear like that, guess what? Your heart is divided, or it's not pure. So we're going to get to where I wanted to start to tonight. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we said last time that you can tell from the pure in heart, he's talking about the inner man. He's not talking about your outward, outward appearance. But the inner man is what God is pleased with. The heart. He, remember, he... He changes you from the inside out. That's why he's, he's working on your soul. 
He wants it to be permanent. Uh, not, not pure in heart with the outward appearance. You've got, you got to remember at this time, the, the Pharisees, they, they believed that the qualification for the kingdom of heaven were the, the acts and the, the pure in heart acts that they were doing that you could see. The stuff that you could see them putting their hands to, but their heart wasn't right though. Uh, like lots of people do today. One, one thing we have to understand, though, is who we are as believers, who we are supposed to be, who we are in the heart, what we are as believers, that's supposed to come before what we do. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to be real. You know, having the outer appearance, the outer form of godliness, but, but denying the power of the... Listen, it has to, who you are, it has to come before what you do. Because we're talking about, at that point, if, if it doesn't, we're talking about dead works. It's from the inside out. In the kingdom of God, our, our obedience to him grows from a pure heart. So if your heart's not pure, then that's your problem with obedience. If you have a divided heart, that's why you can't obey his word. It's not pure. It's divided. Jesus Christ is not at the center. That, that's plain and simple. So, so in other words, our, con, our heart condition must precede the demands of our discipleship. You have to, listen, before, and, and I understand Especially when you first receive salvation, your heart's pricked. You ready to get? Let me do this. Let me do that. But there's some heart things that need to be addressed first. Because, like I said, he's making sure it's permanent. This this is why I love the Sermon on the Mount so much. Understand the context in which it was taught. Jesus is offering them the kingdom of heaven. The, the king of peace. Remember who he is. He's offering them the kingdom of heaven. And he says to enter, you must repent. And when they heard that, that meant to them right there, you're telling us that all the outer works that we're doing right now doesn't qualify me? So you have to understand the context that these came out. That's why he said repent. They were doing all these things. So I love it. He's dealing with legalism. Your morals. He's dealing with it. Like I told you, this was to show what a person who's in right fellowship with God's relationship looks like. He was there showing them, none of y'all looking right. I'm trying to get, listen, this is mercy. I want you in the kingdom of heaven. And to conduct your, conduct your life the way that you're supposed to, your heart has to be to a certain place. And what did we say last time? You have to, you have to bring your heart to a place of repentance and keep it there. Your entire walk. I'm not saying you have to repent, just, I'm going to keep repenting, keep repenting, even if I haven't done, no. I said that, that place where your heart was, when you repented, that's where you need to keep your heart. Remember what we said, you know, listen, you realize, listen, I'm a wretch, I'm broken. And only his love and forgiveness can fix it. Only his mercy and kindness and his counsel can fix it. That's the, uh, again, that, that place of repentance is where God met you with forgiveness and mercy ready. See, that's, I don't know about you, but that's, that pricks my heart every time I hear it. He was ready for it. For all have sinned. And, and that's, how, that's how a merciful God makes you holy. Through forgiveness and peace. Uh, there's no restoration without forgiveness. 
There's no sanctification without forgiveness. There's no holiness. That's how a merciful God makes you holy. That's God's grace to you in Christ. He forgives all your sins. He puts them out of his mind. Out of sight if you truly repent. This is why repentance, like I said before, this is the launching point of all of your experiences with God. Every experience that you have with God. The heart of repentance will keep you grounded and established in the faith. Not divided, not double-minded, but having a single eye. And so I'll give the, the definition for repent again. And again, we said that it was to have your heart grieve or mourn so much that I'm ready to change my mind about sin. It's where I desire clean hands and a pure heart. And we saw David in 51, how he had a, a desire for cleansing. Purge me with the hyssop. Renewing me a, a right spirit. That's the attitude that shall last us, last us a lifetime. And so we said, what is pure? We said, pure means it's not mixed. It's uncontaminated. It's undivided. And so we said that the pure in heart are those who are inwardly clean from sin through faith in Jesus. One that has a continual acknowledging of their past sinful condition, which causes a continual appetite for righteousness. A continual appetite. And I want you all to get that word continual because being pure in heart, it takes some maintenance. You long for purity. Hatred for, for what's mixed and impure and what won't please God. That's a pure heart. And a pure heart, we started last week, means these two things. It's a heart that's undivided. And number two that we really didn't get into is a heart that's cleansed or purged. And so we are going to go here again. Let's go over to 1 Kings. Cause I want to I wanna go through this... Uh, this incident here in the Bible as well again because it shows so much about the heart of it and, and, and we, we said this last week you know we, we watched the heart of God's people and he's warned them through many a times harden not your hearts harden not your hearts but this was the this was the way of Israel you know God would bring them up then they would harden their hearts they would be divided about what they wanted and what God wanted for them this wasn't the first listen, let me tell you something here in First Kings this wasn't the first time this was the way of the people. Now, now don't get this twisted either, because uh, I, I don't want you to be like, well, you know, God, God's forgiven them before, so he'll forgive me. Listen, no. You're blessed. You're indwelt by... They weren't indwelt by the Spirit of God. They didn't have the Spirit to lead them. See, making an excuse like that, that comes from a divided heart. That's a divided heart. God will forgive me. So we're going to look at this again. 1 Kings chapter 16. And again, this is, we know this is dealing with Elijah and the prophets of Baal and King Ahab and Jezebel. And so I want to start at 1 Kings 16 and I'm going to give you a little background again about Jezebel. Um, again, she was a Phoenician woman. And at this point in time in Israel, there was, the people were split in two. There was the south and there was the north. And again, the ones in the south that was known in Judah, those are the ones that worshipped the one and true living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And then in the north, those are the ones that were, like I said, it was a real cosmopolitan type of area. Lots of people, mixed people would move into this area. And it was very religiously diverse. And again, it sounds, like I said last week, it sounds a lot like America. Sounds like home, right? Very religiously, very understanding of what you believe in, you know what I mean? And very accepting and, you know, very compromising, you know. Things that, things that we know to be true, 
but because we want to kind of let some of these things in, because our heart is divided, because there's things that we don't want to let go, we're going to go ahead and try to, we'll, we'll say we know of God, but we want to go ahead and try to serve this over here as well. God's not trying to hear that. He wants the whole heart. So we're going to start, we're going to read, oh, I'm sorry, again, I was talking about Jezebel, and she, had a, she, had a, she was from Phoenicia, she was from this place religiously diverse and then she actually came over she got with the king Ahab who was evil already I'm going to tell you this right now he was evil he was from the children of Israel he was evil I want you to get that in your mind as well right because you know because you're with the people of God don't think that you're not going to face opposition from within because not everybody even though listen they can put their outward appearance on but not everybody has an undivided heart So I want you to understand that. And, and Jezebel, she had a rep. And the, the place she came from had a rep. She had a rep for getting things that she wanted, promiscuity, murder, all of these things. Uh, she brought iniquity and sin to Israel. She brought the worship of Baal to Israel. And they got on board. You know why? Because it's something that they already wanted. So we're going to start... And I'm just going to read a quick background catch-up of uh, Jezebel, chapter 16, verse 29 through 33. And it says, And in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel and Samaria twenty and two years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ithbel, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And, and he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. So I want, to, I want you to see the state of Israel now. Okay? The divided heart with their king have let Jezebel in. She's brought their iniquities to their camp. And now, this is what they're worshiping. They've changed their worship. And so now we're going to go over to 1 Kings chapter 18. And I'm going to start at verse 17. And again, this is King Ahab. And he's talking to Elijah. Again, Elijah was looking for him. Elijah said, you know, I need to speak to the king. And so at this point, Elijah said, I'm going to meet the king. And it came to pass, verse 17, when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubled Israel? And I have to say this again, because I, I, I didn't mention it this time, but I did last time. When, when Jezebel came through, they got rid of all the prophets of Israel. They killed them off. Again, she was bringing iniquity to them. She was bringing in a new order of worship. She killed them off. Now again, before, if you read the chapter before, you'll see that God always keeps a remnant. And Obadiah did remove some of the, some of the priests. You'll see that as well. But I want you to understand that here, where we are now. So chapter 18 again, verse 17. And it says, And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed, followed Balaam. Now therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the grove, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So that's 850. Y'all saw that, right? 850 of these prophets. And I want you to know, it's just Elijah. See, that's one other thing that will test you. If you see if you have, and we're going to look at this from both sides, the divided heart of Israel and the heart of Elijah. That will test you to see if you have a, a divided heart. When the odds come up against you, what are you going to do? Because God is the mighty God. You've never been mighty. So it shouldn't matter what the odds are. If God said it so, it should be so. Verse 19, Now therefore send you, gather to me all Israel, 
unto Mount Carmel. And the prophets of Baal, 450, and prophets of Groves, 400, each which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? How long are you going to try to serve God and serve these God at the same, at the same time? Lukewarm. You know, the Bible said God spews those. He'd rather you be hot or cold. You know why? Because <laughs> if you're hot, you're on fire for him. And if you're cold, he can save that heart. See, that, that, that lukewarm heart, that's one who's, you've heard the knowledge of Christ. And you've decided, you, you've, you've not been convinced. Uh, not that you shouldn't be. You decided there's some things that I can't let go of. Uh, you know, two opinions. When the Bible clearly says, clean your hands, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So let's see what happens here. Because I'm going to tell you, there's no way, people of God, that you're going to be able to, to continue and move forward while trying to grasp the world and Christ at the same time. There's no way. You have to let go of one and take a hold of the other. That's, that's your choice. But, but, but I'm going to tell you right now, forgiveness has already been sent for you to let go of the world and grab a hold of Christ. And be in Christ. Now it's up to you. See, that, that's what people don't understand about gospel. Oh, His forgiveness is there for me. Yeah, but you have to respond. It's there, yes. He, listen, He doesn't send you to hell. It's your response. Anybody that loves you wouldn't send you to hell. They would send mercy from the foundation of the earth. You have to choose Christ just like you choose sin. That's why you have to, you have, to have an undivided heart. When you have an undivided heart, it's not a choice. It's obedience. It's who I am. It's part of being blessed. So let's see what happens here. First Kings 18, verse 36. Let's go over to the next page. Because, again, what happened here was... Actually, did I finish reading that there? I didn't finish reading that. Let's actually... 17 through 29. Yeah, let's read through 29 here. So how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord God be God, if the Lord be God follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Ain't that something? I tell you, they were quiet. They didn't say a word. Listen, this is this. These are not. These are believe. These are people that know. These are the people of God. And they said not a word. Open not their mouth. You know, like when when certain people are are challenged with. Well, I have a if. if if God standard on, let's just say homosexuality is one thing, but I have a family member that is going through this, and all of a sudden now I'm quiet. Uh, that's a divided heart. That's just an example. You can insert whatever example you want to right there. That's just an example. See, a divided heart always tries to find excuses for unrighteousness. And so, if we continue reading here, we're going to see, they were like, well, let's wait and see whose God is really God. See, because they're still trying to find excuses. They still have that divided heart. There's things that they don't want to let go of. 
Then Elijah said unto the people, verse 22, I even, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and, and the God that answers by fire let him be God. And all the people answered and said it is well spoken. You know, that kind of irritated me, too, because, you know, how, how are the people of God trying to look for a sign of him being God? It's simple. They have a divided heart. Defiled, contaminated by the iniquity that they let in. See, I don't want you to, I don't want you to keep believing like uh, 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 Jezebel tricked them and brought No, listen, you let them in. That's why we said these are about examining yourself. Let me tell you, there's going to be always somebody that wants to pull you away. You have to let them. That's the enemy's plan, to pull you off of God's purpose. There's going to always be that. And if you keep reading, you'll see that the prophets of Baal, they set this up, they, they, they worshiped to their God, they called out to him all day, they cut themselves, they gushed out in blood, they did all types of craziness, they brought forth no fruit. All their efforts for nothing. Now we can turn to verse 36. And it came to pass, at the, time of, at the time of the offering of the, of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art... Oh, that just spoke to me right there. Of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You know, the people here who have the divided heart, see, that's the merciful God we have. <sighs> and the undivided heart is not trying to take advantage of that mercy. They're lucky they had God's man on their behalf right here. Elijah. He said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Like only he can. <laughs> like only God can. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. Uh, you know, when I read that, that kept taking me over to Peter. First Peter, you know, how those who stand in faith, when, when that fire comes, it'll, it'll burn away all that's impure. And then you're standing left with a pure heart. See, that's the purge, and we're going to get there. I, I'm reminded again, and I said this last week about, about Lot's wife, because when the fire of the Lord came, she was left with her impurity there. Because she looked back. Pillar of salt. With her false repentance. Remember, where you need to be is, when you repent, where your heart needs to be is that place of repentance. Not the false repentance. Not looking back wondering, but this is what I long for. Because you're divided. Because when the fire of God comes, He's trying to leave what's pure. What's holy. Blessed is the person whose heart is undivided. Verse 38 again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let none of them escape. And they took them and Elijah brought them down to Brook Kishon and slew them there. Now, that sounds harsh, right? Let me tell you, that's the purge. That's the cleanse right there. He said all these things, because let me tell you, they were showing them how to worship. 
You have to get away from that. That's why, you know, when people are dealing with sin and they've been caught up in sin, let's just say sexual immorality. Let's just say you're having sex outside of marriage and, and you're dating somebody. You've had sex and all of a sudden you've been hurt. Then y'all break up and all of a sudden now we're going to try to reconcile. Let me tell you what you need to do, especially if you've been having sex. You need to break up with them and stay away from them. Uh, why, listen, why play with fire? Because you're going to get burned. Kill it. Mortify your flesh. Putting yourself in that position, you already know I'm going to compromise because you've done it. Let not one of them escape. Kill it. Mortify it. Well, these things, but they keep coming up. Oh, that's where the cleansing comes in. That's where the purging comes in. See, again, this, this, this takes real self-examination. This will show you what your faith is in. But by faith, you can see Christ in all that you do. And how does faith come? By hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Because when you do that, you allow the Word to get into your very soul. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It can show you what's what's from your spirit, from the spirit man, and what's from the soul. The word of God can do that. Nothing else. That's why you have to hide His word in your heart. Your main concern is listen. I'm not. I'm at peace with God. I'm trying, I, I don't want to sin against God. That takes hard work. That takes sanctification. That takes cleansing. And cleansing, when you're in Christ, God washes your life every day. In Christ. Let me give you an example. Of cleansing, right? So right now, if you were to go outside and look at my car, or anybody's car, because there's been a lot of high oak, it's filthy. I mean, dirty filthy. And I, I can go take it to get it washed tomorrow. And guess what? By next week, it'll need to be washed again. Uh, listen, it could be the most expensive car on the block. It don't matter. It needs to be washed. Let's talk about clothes. You can go get you a, a iron-free shirt where you don't have to iron it. But guess what? You gotta wash it. It's gotta be washed. It's gotta be cleaned. Let's let's make it even a little more personal because some of y'all don't wash clothes, brothers. Some of y'all don't wash clothes. So let's make it even more, you know, personal. I have to get up and wash myself every day. And I know it. I, listen, last night I didn't waddle in any mud. I didn't go kicking up any mud. But I, I woke up this morning and guess what? I knew I needed to be washed. I knew I needed to be cleansed. Now, now don't get me wrong. Yes. Your spirit, man, is washed once. But your soul? Your soul needs washing. Your soul needs cleaning. That's why I said he's, he's healing our sin-sick souls. Through his process of sanctification. That's what it means to be pure in heart. You have to clean it. Listen, you can, you can give your heart a, a hot shower every Sunday or Wednesday, but what about in between? You need cleansing every day because guess what? The dirt accumulates every day. Uh, you, the, listen, the, the lust of your flesh and the, the ways of this world, I wish that they only came at you Sundays and Wednesdays. That's not how it works. And God knew that. Merciful God knew that. 
So it takes cleansing. That's why it says in the word, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything we need is in Christ. In Christ, God justifies. In Christ, God forgives. In Christ, God cleanses. What a wonderful God. How do I say this? In Christ, he's faithful to cleanse. What a faithful God. He's not leaving you wanting. You can trust that he will cleanse you. He has the ability to purify your life. And that's what faith in Christ is. You know, we all have a lot of definitions for faith, but here's another one. Faith in Christ is confidence in his ability to justify to forgive and cleanse through the power of his shed blood. That's what faith is. Confidence. It gives me hope. I'm confident that he has the power to cleanse me. Uh, that's an undivided heart. Because if you're not confident in him and what he has the power to do, you'll go search for your bail. That's what your faith is. Turn to Hebrews. We may not get the peacemakers tonight, and that's okay. Turn to Hebrews. Chapter 10. I'm going to read two simple verses, verse 22 and 23. And it says, let us draw near with a true heart. That true there is a pure heart. Undivided heart. Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Now, now, that sprinkled, that's that's being purged from dead works. Cleansed from dead works. And that evil conscience that it's talking about is darkness. Having your, having, listen, having your, your conscience, having the darkness purged by the sprinkling of his blood. Purged from dead works. So, so, so check this out, right? Now that your conscience has been purged of darkness, sprinkled by the blood of Jesus, now you have the light to see God. See, because blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Once your, once your heart and mind, once your mind is purged from that darkness, now you have the ability to see God. You have the light to see Him. We have, to, we have to walk in that light. We have to maintain that walk in that light. That's pure in heart. Turn back one page to Hebrews chapter 9. I love Hebrews. I'm going to read verse 13 and 14. It says, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God or to walk in the light? See, because he, the word, Jesus, He's the lamp unto your feet and the light to your path. So when he sprinkles, when he washes, he's lighting your path. And all we have to do is incline our hearts to perform his statutes. That's that's been undivided in heart. First John, chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. And I'm already there. If you're not there, I'll go ahead and read it. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, 
as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We know what that S-E-T-H means on the end of cleanse. It's a continual cleansing. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In another place in Hebrews it says, Follow peace, follow after peace, and follow holiness. For without this, you will not see God. See, that, that's what pure in heart is. That's holiness. Blessed are those that follow after holiness, for you shall see God. Oh, that, that's in Hebrews. Follow after peace and after holiness, without which you cannot see God. And we know holiness comes from God alone. What we think is right will not work. Uh, if our light is dark, how great is that darkness? That goes back to the example I used with, with Thomas saying, yeah, but we have to be accepted. We have to be accepting to them and, and, and let them do this. And th-. No, if our light is dark, how great is that darkness? So you, you need to be washed so that you have the light to see God. And how do we wash? How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word. So you've got to quit putting other stuff in you. All this other stuff is, is literature and the, and the talk of today. Well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His truth endures. Being a morally good person isn't the standard for righteousness. The standard is Jesus. And when he said, blessed are the pure in heart, you better believe that those Pharisees were they, were, they were ticked off. They were like, what? We are pure and holy. We're the very definition of it. Do you see what I do here? Do you see what I do there? All that external morality. When in fact, the Pharisees just had a problem sitting with the sinner. You know what Christ came to do. To seek and save the lost. See, the, the pure in heart, they're not the ones that are, they're not out there seeking position. They're not trying to be seen. They, they seek to be used by God any way that he sees fit. Now, let me put it in an easier word. They're seeking obedience. That's what the pure in heart is seeking. They desire to walk according to knowledge. That's wisdom. They desire maturity and growth. They desire to get, a, to get an understanding. Not just hear what they want to hear and cherry pick the information that they want. That's a divided heart. They want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because only God can help them. The pure in heart, you know, because, you know, a lot of us have picked up some things over the pandemic. But the pure in heart, they don't schedule stuff during the time when we come to hear about God. And, it, you know, it's funny to me, because I have Facebook, some social media, and it's funny to me, some of the same individuals that say, well, you know, I don't have the time to do this for the ministry, or that for the ministry, or be an outreach, or, or be a teacher in the back and, and help teach them, and help them raise them in a nurturing admonition. They have found time to do the things that they wanted to do during this pandemic. During the same times when they didn't have time before. And these things are fleeting things. You know what that shows? You have a divided heart. God wants your undivided attention. I mean, doing the exact same, oh no, I, I work, I do this, I do that, I do that, and, this. and as soon as the pandemic hit, 
Well, now I'm, I started doing this thing. This, you know, I started doing that thing. I started doing. A divided heart. Always looking for ways to excuse their sin. Like I said, trying to make their sin look righteous. Dead works. Not pure in heart. The pure in heart, they set their affections on the things that are above. I, you know, I have to go back to Lot, right? When, 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 when he was ready to go, he set his pit, his tit. He pitched it towards Sodom and Gomorrah. He wasn't his heart. His heart wasn't set on. Listen, he had been with with with, with his uh, uh, his uncle Abraham, and he had seen the goodness of the Lord, but he was set. I see. I see. I see opportunity this way for me and my family. I'm going to pull myself up under, from under my authority and my covering because I see something else this way. I'm going to pitch my tent. I see, I see things on the horizon for me and my family this way. Because it seems advantageous for you. But when are we going to start doing things that are advantageous for God? That's pure in heart. That should be the first thought. But it's always the last. You know, like picking out things during during service. Oh, it's okay. We can go back and watch it later. That shows where your heart is. Divided. And I'm telling you, everything always seems, it seems right to, it seems right in our eyes. But God's not man. He's not man. Uh, there's a, a way that seemeth right to a man. But at the end, there's destruction. It's amazing because, and the Bible says this too, but it's so true. Men pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Over and over again. And that, and that, and that scripture was around, you know, they were talking about the love of money, but it's many sorrows. It's not just money. Because of a divided heart. They don't keep his word hidden in their heart. You know, I'm almost out of time. So I'm a... And I've been praying about using this example all day. And I'm going to use it because it's my young brother. And, you know, I love him. I talk to him a lot. And it's a great example. So we have a young brother at this church. Right? And this is an example. You know, I don't want y'all to get scared of nothing. This is an example of what I've seen of an undivided heart. A young brother at this church, by the name of Eric Burris Jr., and he is now in a serious relationship with a young lady. And it's funny because you know that you, you, if you if, if you've seen you know them together and things like that, you know that they like each other a lot. They may even tell each other they love each other. Who I don't know that much, but you know that they like each other a lot. But here's the thing about Eric, because I've known Eric pretty much his whole life. I've seen the things that he's gone through. He's come and talked to me personally about some things, especially things that he had been going through uh, even before her. And I've seen the progression of his life. And so when I come and talk to him now, and, I, and I, I, I'm the one expecting, I'm going to hear all about this girl every time. And it's, 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 it's kind of me just testing out, because God is doing what he does. Every time I come to talk about it, she never comes up. Never comes up. I have to ask about her. Not to say that he has all the things in the world. Because he does. He does have feelings for her. He does have things to say about her. He does want to mention her. But you know what does come up without me asking every time? Where God wants him to be. What time it is for God, that God has him for in his life. And so I see them too, and I see what he's bringing us to. Because, yeah, I may not know her like that, but I know Eric. 
I'm going to tell you I know Eric. Even through this pandemic, I still get to talk to that brother maybe two or three times a week. And before the pandemic, we saw each other three or four times a week. We talked. And here's what I can tell you about this young man. Because he said so, and so, he said this in so many words to me. You know, even if things didn't work out with her. And, and I'm going to tell you this, not to say he wouldn't be hurt. Not to say that he wouldn't be, you know, he, he wouldn't cry about it. Who knows? But I know he would move forward with God. That's an undivided heart. What I want you to get is you are going to see ups and downs. Life will bring you lemons. You'll see all those things. But one thing that you cannot forget, one thing that you cannot leave out, one, need, one thing that you cannot let yourself be divided from is from God. See, there's plenty of things that could go on in a relationship. They go to campus together. They could be alone at all times. He purposes to make themselves accountable. And let me tell you, she, from my past experiences with Eric before her, there's been people that have tried to pressure him to do some things. See, this is how I know it's about his walk. There have been some people that have tried to pressure him to do some things. And you know what he did? He brought it to, he brought it to the people that are his authority in his life. Uh, he told me, I talked to my father about it, and I want to talk to you about it. Now I want to talk to, you know, he brought it to the people in his life, and he said, I need to hear sound counsel. See, that's called, listen, that's the cleansing. That's the purge. There's things that I did want to do, so I need to bring it to somebody to help me purge. Sanctify. I need, especially, <laughs> listen, to be his age and to be after it like that, an undivided heart, that's why I'm, listen, I'm sure of it. It doesn't matter what happens with this young lady. Because he, let me tell you, he, I remember when Minister Stinson gave the challenge to those who are dating, if you are dating, give yourself a month apart. Or 30 days. I believe it was 30 days, right, Mr. Stinson? Unless you did some other things. 30 days apart. And he was giving it to me. And he said, this is one of the greatest things that I, that's ever happened to me. He did it, listen, without what, not no, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, no, no. This is washing. This is cleansing. This is going to show me some things that I need to know. And I'm not looking for what I want. Because if it was what our flesh wanted, they'd be up in the room in HT right now having sex. It's about what my heart wants, not my flesh. An undivided heart. Uh, that's how I know this man has an under... Listen, he sees the mistakes and I have to get on them right away and correct them. I'm sure he won't mind me telling you that one of the first things he came to me about when he got into to college was he got pressured by roommates trying to get him to do smoke marijuana. And let me tell you, the majority of people would be like, I'm going to just do it and fit in and be cool. Especially because these were his peers. You know, trying to slowly bring in Bow. People that he knew. And he felt himself. He said it to me. He felt himself. He's like, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling the pull. I'm feeling the slip. But I know the answer. It's a daily cleanse. It's a sanctification process. Because guess what? It's a, it's a total other different stage of his life now. Because this was about, this was his freshman year. Right, right, D? This was his freshman year. Then he came to Deke about it then to me. He went to his pops about it. This is his freshman year. Total different set of circumstances now. But it's the same walk. Exactly. Maturing, growing in Christ. That's a pure heart. A heart that desires to mature and grow in Christ. If you desire, you're going to show that. You're going to show that your faith is in Christ alone. It's not in this relationship. It's not in this. It's not in that. It's in Christ alone. Your purity is founded in your faith in Christ. That's what you have to understand as well. Uh, I remember being a young man, I used to think to myself, 
when is this going to happen for me? When is this, when is this going to click for me? But let me tell you, faith is not wishing something to be so. It's a willingness to be so. It's not wishing it to be so. It's not wishful thinking. It's active hope. I, I have to get to cleansing on a day-to-day basis. And I am out of time. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.